0: Abortion is a right and taxpayers should pay for it. Nancy Pelosi says there's a nefarious cover-up being perpetrated by Trump and the DOJ. Juliana Margulies, I did pronounce that correctly, believe it or not. Robert De Niro and Jeff Daniels don't like the bad orange man. And none of this crap is important. Let's talk about the real news and where people are really suffering. Let's go outside the box today. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs> None of the above is important. What I had mentioned, I, I I'm just amazed how people just start ignoring the important things in life. Uh, all those problems are pretty irrelevant stories, and really aren't going to change much of anything. I listen to several podcasts a day and watch the news. It it doesn't stress me out. I actually enjoy it. A lot of people just get really stressed about lips watching the news. I mean, Juliana Margulies—you probably heard heard that one—and it gives me fodder for my podcast and my blog. Before I talk about what's important, where people are really dying, let's talk about the subjects of my introduction. Abortion seems to be the only thing people can talk about or tweet about. I don't know why everyone is flipping out, and I do mean flipping. It's gotten kind of crazy right now. I'm not saying the debate is not hot, but it's been hot for the last 50 years. People have been talking about abortion for 50 years, and in 50 years very little has changed. I also just wrote about this so I don't feel like I should be talking about it. I should just move on to something else. Um, The whole Trump obstruction collusion is that a hairpiece thing continues on. This is a stupid story. There have been thousands of investigations on this garbage and all have the same conclusion. There's no crime. There's no prosecutable crime. There's not enough evidence, blah, 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 blah. The left has lost their narrative and they just can't find the courage to let it go. They know there's nothing there. Even Trump's tax records are probably not going anywhere. His tax returns may be embarrassing because he's probably not worth the hundreds of billions of dollars he says he is. But the left continues. Articles of impeachment are supposed to be introduced. Uh, They weren't. They were supposed to be introduced yesterday. But... All this garbage is just stalling. I, I just don't see the point of even talking about it. A bunch of actors, which I mentioned above—Jeff Daniels, Julianne Margulies, um, Robert De Niro, who I think is going—I uh, think he's going senile anyway—are uh, pissed off at Donald Trump for well, nothing in particular. They couldn't. They didn't really say why. They just don't like the bad orange man. For some reason, the the media, including right-wing outlets like Fox News, uh, Breitbart, uh, Drudge Report, they're all including this as if this is some sort of news. I'm going to... There is something wrong with this, and I am going to talk about this in a future podcast because I think it's important. Um, Jeff Daniels is actually involved in a play, uh, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. I can't remember who actually produced, who actually directed it, but that play actually changed To Kill a Mockingbird. That's what bothers me about art. When you start changing things, um, yes, that actually does bother me. But these people talking like they have, I mean, Jeff Daniels played... One of the dumbest characters in Dumb and Dumber. This is a guy we should be listening to political philosophy about. It's just no good. But here's the thing. I'm going to, I'm going to, and if you visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, you can actually watch the video. Keanu Reeves has gotten himself a bit of a reputation, and it's been a while now, and I'm probably sure you've heard about it we really don't know anything about his politics and he probably isn't as dumb as everyone seems to think he is. I mean, let's face it. This is a guy, uh, this is a guy who really plays some really dumb roles. Um, apparently he's just a regular gli- guy. He, he flies commercial, he rides the subway and he goes to the movies like a regular person, but more, he's a nice guy. Uh, I've got a video on dumbassestalkingpolitics.com where he's actually on the subway, and he's sitting on the subway, a New York subway, carrying a bag, wearing regular clothes, just jeans, pair of shoes, nice jacket. I mean, he looks like a regular guy. Nobody recognizes him except the guy who's actually filming the video, and he's filming the video because he's a big fan. He actually is sitting on a chair, They're, they make a stop, he, people get on and off, a woman is standing, he gets up, offers his seat to the woman, she sits down, and he just stands there and continues on, looks around. Now, that may not seem like that big of a deal. Well, here, I can't lie to you, I don't do that sometimes. Sometimes. I get completely into my own little life. I don't I don't offer my seat to a lady. This is the utmost in chivalry. What a good guy. Uh, but this week he did something else. I knew about this. I saw this video a long time ago. But this week he did something else. And I'm not going to even... I'm, I'm just going to use the words of this guy. And I got to really organize this thought here. This was a, a sixteen year old kid that worked at a movie theater. He was working in the tickets. Um this kid and, and I was gonna read his tweets, but I'm not going to because they're kind of all over all, all over the place, so I'm just gonna say it. Um, again, visit dumbasses talking politics and you can take a look at the tweets. So this kid is working in the ticket box of uh, the box office of the of a movie theater Keanu Reeves, by himself, decides to go see a movie. I have no idea which movie, but it didn't matter. So he, he, he the kid instantly recognized him, right? And said, um, offered him his employee discount to get into the movie theater. So Reeves, class act... Sat there and said, Well, I don't work in the movie theater, so you know, I don't deserve the um, I don't deserve the employee discount, so you know, I'll just buy the ticket. So he bought the ticket, as normal, took a ticket, walked inside. A few minutes later, the employee hears a knock at the back door. He opens the door, and there's Keanu Reeves. And in his hand is a receipt. With his signature. And Keanu Reeves. And this I will quote. "Uh, I realize you probably wanted my autograph. So I signed this. And he handed him the receipt for an ice cream he has in his hand. And turned and walked away. That's not the part of the story. And I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Because this is awesome. I hope to God if I ever get famous. This is how I am. He walks over to the trash can and dumps the ice cream. This kid, here's the quote I'm going to say. Here's the quote from, his name is James Datter, Dator, I don't know what he is. He's on Twitter. I realized later that he bought an ice cream cone he didn't want just to get the receipt paper so he could scribble his autograph for a 16-year-old idiot. You know, sometimes you just have to really talk about the good things. This was a good thing. If the rest of Hollywood actually acted like Keanu Reeves, people would probably listen to him. This is a man who is just a normal guy. This is a man who didn't let fame get to his head. Who doesn't think he's smarter than anyone else simply because he's an actor. And appreciates his fandom. He appreciates his fans. I thought that was a really good story. And I just, I had to bring it up. I, I Especially when the, you had these other jerk offs that are just being jerk offs. I'm so tired of seeing these people. But anyway, and, and by the way, John Wick 3 out. John Wick 3 has a 94% uh, fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes and an 89% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes with the uh, viewer score. Where I actually have my tickets right now in my pocket because me and Josie are going to actually see that movie tomorrow. Awesome. But you know something? All these stories that we just talked about, they're so irrelevant. They are so irrelevant. There's so much more important stuff happening in the world. Hell, there's so much more important stuff happening in this country, and the media is not focusing on it. So let's take a look at some of those stories. Uh, The first one is the crisis in Venezuela. It's continuing, it's getting worse, and no one's covering it. Even Fox News is not covering it. They're worried about this Trump collusion garbage that's over. I I don't understand how Fox can sit back and say, hey, Trump collusion, it's done, no collusion, No, and then they keep talking about it. Because Nancy Pelosi says something, or Nadler, I don't even know his first name, Nadler says something. It's stupid. But the socialist government and uh, Nicolas Maduro are under siege from the true president, from the true president... Um, uh, Juan Guaido. And yes, that's how you pronounce his name. I do know how to pronounce his name. I've I've heard enough of it. The people are sick of being starved and dealing with the loss of basic needs like toilet paper and medicine and have taken to the streets upon Guaido's request and are beginning to protest. The aim is to force Maduro out. The unrest has been going on for over a month. So this is not something... This is not something that just started. This is something that's been going on for a very long time. And so far, the two sides are in a complete stalemate. And they're in a stalemate, essentially, because Maduro still controls the army. Uh, Hugo Chavez, who started the socialist regime back in, I think it was about 2008, um, disarmed the people. Uh, There's a gun control. There's a gun control argument right there. And now the people are really just hoping their sheer numbers will get maduro out now at the time once uh, venezuela was the richest country in south america and had actually has more oil than uh, the middle east but hugo chavez started nationalizing the businesses took away the rights of speech and gun ownership and made friends with some really bad actors like Cuba, Iran, and Russia. And now we know China, too. In response, the United States placed heavy sanctions on the country. Those sanctions, along with lousy government management of business, have brought the country into absolute chaos. Starvation, disease, unemployment, extreme inflation, have turned that country into an absolute crap hole. But... For some reason, the media says nothing. Well, I'll tell you what's going on right now. I'll tell you what's going on today. Uh, The stalemate will continue. The people are still in the street protesting. You can actually take a look at what's going on by simply typing in Venezuela in Twitter or typing in Venezuela in uh, Google and make sure you actually watch For the latest news reports, if you uh, go to, um, again, dumbasses.com, dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, I've got a bunch of links you can actually look at. The government is using force to make unarmed civilian populations suppressed and compliant. They are killing these people. China, Russia, and Cuba are in the country to try and protect the Maduro regime. Iran, we're gonna to have to talk about later because Iran apparently is beginning to fold under US sanctions. We'll get to that. That's that's a completely different story, and we're not gonna talk about that yet. Um, here's the problem. And by the way, the Cuba, Cuba is not sending their best over to Venezuela, they're sending bicycle gangs to Cuba to Venezuela. They're sending organized crime to Venezuela. They're not sending soldiers. Why? Because Cuba is under attack, too, by the United States. They're afraid the United States is going to invade. We'll get into that in a few minutes. So why should the United States care? There has been a lot of talk about the United States actually doing, uh, performing uh, military action against Venezuela. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Trump has the stones for that. I don't think he likes military action. Um, it really is a polar, especially in this country, it's going to be a very polar subject. But the reason the United States needs to really pay close attention, and the United States is, the military is, is because now you've got Russia, you've got China, you've got Cuba well, Cuba's already there, within sights of the United States. One of the things that always kept the United States safe was that big body of water called the Atlantic and the Pacific Oceans. And now, if they are just, uh, I think they're six 6,000 miles away, now they're within striking distance. And the thing is, if Russia, China, if Russia or China or Iran can actually set up bases there, set up a foothold in that area of the world, it could be really bad for the United States. So there is some fear. And this is one of the reasons the United States went out and they, they dealt with Nicaragua. They dealt with um, El Salvador. Even though these people, the people w- whose side we were on, were not good people. The reality was they were our allies and we needed to take care of that. Uh, Guaido, Juan Guaido has a lot to lose in this mess. If he loses, it could cost him his life. So, this is possibly going to lead to a civil war. He has some uh, people that are jumping to his side, he has some generals, he has some military that are jumping to his side, he has some politicians that are jumping to his side. But not enough to really make a huge impact. And this is really kind of a scary thing. Guido is all in. And if he loses, he loses his life. So, failing, failing is not even an option. And this could go on for a while. So, how's Maduro keeping his country afloat? That's the other question. The country is in extreme poverty. They are a mess right now. So, what's keeping them afloat? Well, according to the TheHill.com, the, the United States military says the government has become a hive of organi- organized crime, much like the mafia. They're illegally selling gold to other sympathetic countries. They're also a heavy exporter of illicit drugs selling to other countries including the united states through proxies probably mexico probably uh, some of the underground in colombia that's a guess i i don't want to sit there and trash anyone but that's probably the reality uh for a while they were exporting oil to friendly countries which the united states bans but so united states used to um, take oil in from Venezuela. They don't, haven't done that in a few years now. Uh, mismanagement has led to far lo- lower, uh, far lower oil production, and uh, by the Venezuelan government, and the lowering of the oil prices itself have really hurt Venezuela. So they're not making. They're not. There's no bang for their buck when it comes to oil. So they have to do other things to have some money come in. They're in such peril. This is great. That a German, the German company who built their oil tankers has just repossessed three oil tankers. Why is no one talking about this? They are that bad that they actually had Germany take oil tankers away. Well, I gotta say is, yay socialism. And that leads us to why... (laughs) Why is no one talking about this? Well, duh, it's socialism. With the media darlings like AOC and Bernie Sanders pushing us towards socialism, and recently, unfortunately, a poll says that a lot of Americans are beginning to hear their words. It was reported that 40% of Americans, especially young Americans, Americans who don't remember what it was like in the 80s and 70s when we were in the Cold War, believe that socialism is the way that will make this country great. If the far-left leading media reported about Venezuela, people would realize that it sucks can't have it, the media can't have that, so they just ignore the story. Okay. Uh, the next issue, I think this is a big issue and it's because I live in California and no one seems to be ignoring it. Governor Gavin Newsom, a Democrat, uh, the Democratic governor, held a press conference on Tuesday revealing plans on how he plans to Um, combat the homeless problem in California. That's right. He's finally going to do something about it. We have actually grown in homeless by like 100% in the last few years. It's really bad. Uh, What action is he going to perform to fix this problem? That's right. He's going to create a commission because commissions work. Because nothing solves a problem better than throwing bureaucrats at it. I'm really excited and I expect this thing to be fixed. These guys are going to do some research. Then they're going to analyze the data. Then they're going to debate on the solutions. Then they won't agree. Then they'll create another committee to determine what data they'll need. The committee will need more research. Then they'll analyze that research and there's more. By the end... This will take two years, cost about a hundred million dollars, and in the meantime, the homeless population will go from sixty-five thousand to one hundred and thirty thousand, and the solution will be waste more money putting band-aids on a gaping wound. They'll create housing projects and indoctrination, um, sorry, education programs that attempt to get people on the right track. Oh, I forgot. The commission of bureaucrats will be broken up because when, I mean, if the whole thing fails or will not be broken up. If the whole thing, you can tell sometimes I read this stuff. This is so dumb. Gavin Newsom might as well have said he would solve the homeless problem by sticking his thumb up his surgically enhanced butt. It's stupid. This is what really bothers me about politics no one wants to solve the problems because they will be seen as mean, cruel, and not compassionate. The reality is you need to have, you need to solve the problem, and solving the problem might require some tough love. It, it's garbage if you sit back and say, okay, how can we do this in the most compassionate way ever? No. To solve this problem requires that tough love. And they should show tough love because people who are being productive are suffering. The streets are filled with human waste, drug needles, trash, and rats. Los Angeles, who is, who, that, Los Angeles never had a rat problem, is now second to New York in rats. There is typhus in the streets right now hepatitis C is in the streets right now tons of human waste including feces not just urine are in the streets this has to end hey but hey, good news at least illegal aliens can get driver's licenses free education free health care home assistance food stamps all without paying taxes that's nice at least we have compassion there. But I, okay, I digress. I'm going to tell you how we're going to solve this problem. Two ways I came up with, with uh, came up with on my own. Uh, the third way I got from Ben Shapiro in yesterday in his podcast yesterday, and I never even thought of this stuff. Um, hey, if you like this kind of content, you need to subscribe to the Daily Wire. Uh, listen to Ben Shapiro. Andrew Claven is one of my favorites. Um, Matt Walsh is great. Uh, there's another guy over there that no one seems to like, but I, no, he's actually good too. Uh, but you need to listen. I listen to all four of. Uh, I listen to all four of them. They're absolutely outstanding. So let's go into actually solving the problem. Here's the problem. Solving the problem. No, I'm going to talk about that in a second. There are three reasons why people are in the street. They're mentally ill, they're on drugs, or they're just there because they have no real issues, they just they can't afford to live in apartments. Hey, slash Apartments are very expensive. I rent I rent a guest house. I, I I can't afford rent in California. I make good money. Of course, my divorce killed me on that, but that's another story altogether. I'm not gonna bring that up. Because it'll end up in court. I know that they're closed in the past. I know that these were closed in the past. And I know why they were closed in the past. I'm sorry, let me... But the mentally ill need to be taken care of. Because they can only... Not only because they can't take care of themselves but they can be dangerous to others. Some can be treated and returned back to society, but doing nothing is cruel and irresponsible. We need to take care of these people. They need to be pulled off the street. They need to be. I think it's, it's cruel and irresponsible not to grab the mentally ill and put him into an asylum. And, you know, I know in asylums back in the, you know, back since the 1800s, they were cruel. They were vicious. They were brutal. Doctors were experimenting on them and all that garbage. Uh, But we know so much more now. So why not set up these asylums, these sanatoriums? Put these people in there. Try to get them back. Try to get them so that they can be productive members of society. And I I don't have all the answers because there's, you can be in a sanatorium for uh, an asylum for 10 years. You're not going to know how to live in society. We need a progressive step to get these people back where they can meld into society again. The left hates this idea because you're actually imprisoning people who are innocent. They are innocent, but they are suffering too. You're not imprisoning them, you're trying to help them. And sometimes help sucks. Speaking of help sucking, let's go to the drug addicts. Now, I read a book uh, called uh, Dreamland. I can't remember the author. Uh, it's a it's an absolutely phenomenal book. I read it after my son died and I, 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 I thought it was great. And our politicians are already trying to figure some of this up? Well, no, yeah, they are. Uh, the politi- especially the politicians in Ohio where the the uh, opioid e- epidemic is the greatest. Drug addiction has to be treated pretty much in the same way. I know this because there's no way you're going to treat a drug addict. There's no way you're going there's no reason in a drug addict. They're not going to change their life. They only think about the the dragon. That's actually an opium phrase, but opioids are based on opium, so I feel it's probably right. With the drug addicted jail or prison is hardly a way to treat them. They need more Than just a visit to a and and they need more than a visit to a treatment center. We should build facilities that are like jails, but are made only for treatment. Yes, there are going to be bars. Yes, they're going to have a regimen. These people are going to work. These people are going to be monitored. They're going to be disciplined. But they're going to get the treatment they need. Our jails and our prison system does not give any treatment. If you have an opioid, if you have an opioid addiction, and you're in prison, they don't treat the opioid addiction. Yes, they are going to get you clean. They're going to get you detoxed. That's fine. But they're not. You're not going to get the counseling. That's what we need to do. Once a, a user actually becomes clean and it's determined that this person is clean that individual is taken out of the inpatient facility and put in an outpatient halfway house that halfway house very strict you violate probation you violate your curfew you're back in you're back in the inpatient facility You violate, um, you violate, you fail a drug test, you're back in an inpatient facility. Here's the reality. That's going to happen a lot. And the reason is only 5% of drug addicts, alcoholics, actually recover. It may be a cycle But that means if that individual goes into a program 20 times, one time he's going to end up clean. It's worth it. And the reality is, we need to clean these people up. Lives are being ruined, and not just the drug addicts' lives. The citizens' lives are being ruined. And this isn't, notice, I never said this is a black problem, this is a Mexican problem. It's not. It's an American problem. Everyone is having this issue. You're having this issue on the streets of Chicago in the black areas. You're having this issue in the streets of uh, Plymouth, Ohio, which is a white area. It's happening everywhere. Everywhere. I am I was from uh, Newberry Park, California. I don't live there anymore, so don't try and stalk me up there if you're listening. But my son, I'm upper middle class. White. And my son got caught in opioids. It happens. It needs to be dealt with. Now, this is something that I, I know it's going to be a big deal is that this is what i'm saying is not cheap it's expensive and by the way it's kind of my determination is kind of half-assed it needs to be well thought out by people who are far smarter than i am it's going to be expensive the uh, process is not perfect and who's going to deal with this do you privatize that Or is it government controlled? If it's government controlled, it needs to be run a hell of a lot better than the VA system was used, VA hospitals were used. My personal opinion, you privatize it and you monitor it and you regulate it. But these people need help. It's not cruel to lock these people up. It's cruel to let them live in the street in the days that they are. And that's both drug addicts and the mentally ill. Uh, finally, there's the third There's the third reason people are um, homeless. And I want to thank Ben Shapiro for this because he's the one who actually pointed this out to me. I didn't even think about this one. Is They're homeless because they're homeless. They Either they're homeless because they lost their jobs and they go back and forth, they're in an apartment, and then they end up back on the streets because they lose their jobs. Or these people just simply can't afford to live in the area that they're in. San Jose, for example, just banned... It's not San Jose, but I can't remember the exact uh, city. San Jose just banned RVs from their streets. And the reason they did that is because... There were a lot of people, this was in the area where Google uh, existed, a lot of the people that worked couldn't afford the $4,100 median uh, price for an apartment, so they were living in their RVs. This is not any better. You still have the problem with human waste being in the gutters because the RVs, you pee in an RV, it's got to go somewhere, it's going to fill, you got to clean it out. And their sidewalks were just filled with RVs. Well, that's not really fair to the person that owns the apartment or that releases the apartment or that um, actually uh, owns a home. They got to deal with that crap too? No, no. These people need to simply be told you can't afford to live here. You need to leave. There is no constitutional right For you to be homeless. And to be an impediment on somebody else. There is no constitutional right. That you're sitting. Outside my home. And I got to step over your body. Or I got to walk between your RV. And smell your pee in the gutters. Because you're homeless. There's no constitutional right. (coughs) Excuse me. Do <clears throat> I have to worry about my kids going to a public park because there are 300 people who are sleeping in that park? If you have no reason to be homeless, other than you cannot afford to rent an apartment, you don't believe belong in that area, and you need to move. And this is the other thing that bothers me. And this is absolutely true. Shapiro brought this up. It's absolutely true. I know this because I've called the police. The police are not allowed to touch anyone. They're not allowed to do anything. I said, you sit back in California and you call the police department, 911, or just straight call the police department because there's a homeless guy beating the crap out of his bicycle out in front of your house because the bicycle lost a tire. They're not going to come. And they're going to sit there and tell you, well, you have to have a lot of sympathy. You know, I don't need a sympathy. I pay taxes. I work for a living. I can afford to live here. These people can't. They don't belong here. And then brings us to another point, again, thanks to Shapiro. The police cannot be hamstrung by the government. It's wrong. Okay, so... I'm sorry. Believe me, it's gonna it's gonna have a good ending. This is this podcast is going to be a comedy, not a uh, tragedy, which is what that's a kind of a literature thing. I'm a literature major, so you know, uh, I couldn't get a real degree, so I got a literature major. So why is no one talking about this? Why is this seem to be this is a huge problem, but it seems to be given minimal attention. So let's take a look at the top uh, sit, top 10 cities with a homeless problem, and I bet you can figure it out, but I'm going to lead you. I'm going to lead you anyway. New York City, run by Bill de Blasio. They have 78, 79, excuse me, let's round up, 79,000 homeless people. Los Angeles, 49,000. We already know that's gone up. It's, that's, it's about 60,000. And this was back in 2018. Seattle, yeah, there you go. San Diego, California. California is a sanctuary state. California is basically a socialist state. San Jose, there's a shocker. District of Columbia, Washington, D.C. Uh, San Francisco, Phoenix. Boston, uh, Boston, Massachusetts. What a shock! Las Vegas, folks. Do you see what the problem is? New York City, run by a liberal. Los Angeles, well, the whole state's run by liberals. Seattle, run by liberals. San Diego, the state's run by liberals. San Jose, the state's run by liberals. District of Columbia, Jesus, they just re-elected, they re not just, but they re-elected a guy who was arrested for freaking cocaine, uh, smoking, uh, freebasing cocaine, they're liberal. San Francisco, state of California is liberal. Phoenix, they're actually pretty conservative, but for Arizona, they lean on the liberal side. But I'm going to give I'm going to give them a break. I'm going to say that's a conservative city. Boston, heavily liberal. Las Vegas, Las Vegas is actually pretty conservative, but for the most part, the city itself is pretty liberal. That's right. I'm going to give it to them. Eighty percent of the cities in the top ten of homeless of homelessness, are run by not just liberal, but extreme liberal, even socialists. Democratic policies don't work well. They never have. In the case of New York and California, their policies borderline on socialist policies. I know this cuz I live in California. I see it. I live in San Diego. I see it in the city of San Diego. They changed the sandy the route of the San Diego Marathon because they didn't want the finish to be in the slum area where everyone is sitting on the streets shooting up, passed out in their own filth. And I know New York's a mess because Bill de Blasio's an idiot. And i that's it. That's all I need to know. Bill de Blasio is running New York, period. The media sees this and they know it is a huge problem. So their report, they know it's a huge problem. They do report on this, but they report on it as a different problem. It's a national problem. Here's a newsflash. It's not a national problem. It's a liberal problem. It's a left-wing problem. You don't have this problem in Kentucky. You don't have this problem in Tennessee. You don't have this problem in Texas. You don't have this problem in Florida. I. They don't report it because it is the failure of democratic policy. And they just can't do that. Okay, so let's end this podcast in a positive light. And I think I've been pretty positive. I mean, I talked about Keanu Reeves. Yeah, I got pissed off about Venezuela and the homeless problem. But hey, you know what? Uh, First thing, this weekend, Memorial Day weekend. God bless our soldiers who gave everything they could to um, fight for our country. Um, And I'm going to celebrate that by watching another Keanu Reeves film. Actually, three of them. We're gonna go see John. Josie and I are gonna see John Wick three. Now I am a huge fan of John Wick. I think it's absolutely fantastic. It is a comic book thing, I, I comic book kind of film, without with just like blood everywhere. I love John Wick. Josie absolutely loves. Uh, Josie loves action films, but she hasn't seen the first two films. So, what I ended up doing is, I went, ended up going to work because we have uh, tickets we can get for a discount. Bought a couple of tickets. Um, tonight, I'm going to load John Wick 1 and John Wick 2, Chapter 2, on my computer. And Josie and I are going to cram John Wick 1 and 2 tonight so she knows what's going on. And then tomorrow night, the kids are going to be at their grandmother's and we are going to go watch John Wick 3 tomorrow. I won't lie. I am pumped, and I, Keanu Reeves, great guy. I, I, I truly believe he's a great guy. I gotta put my glasses on to see what I'm doing here. Um, I just finished reading two books and listening to another. I have an Audible account, so I spend, uh, two hours a day listening to books that are fun that I'm not really going to learn anything out of, but I just really want to read. I actually read, uh, I actually read history and nonfiction books just because I like to go slower and understand. I'm not a genius or anything. Um, I don't read. I don't read at you know Harvard levels, so <laughs> I like to read a little bit slower. And the book that I listened to on Audible was called *The Haunting of Hill House* by Shirley Jackson. I really enjoy horror movies and ghost stories but I have uh, better stuff to actually read, so I'd rather just listen to it. Um, that's why I joined Audible, and I listen to Audible constantly. Readc.com and that's R-E-E-D-S-Y.com, rated the book number 14 in the best 100 horror stories ever written. Okay, That includes Edgar Allan Poe and a lot of folks out there. It is written. In, it was written in the fifties, and was okay. It, I, I I didn't enjoy it. I wanted to finish it. I wouldn't say it was a horror as much as it was a psychological thriller or psychological suspense novel. There wasn't a lot of horror. When the actual scary stuff was coming, it was very strong. It was very, yeah. It, it kept me on the edge a little bit. Their characters were really over the top. Uh, the shy girl was really, really, really shy And she was just actually kind of annoying I won't tell you what happened to her at the end But I'm really glad it did happen to her um, Basically, you could tell this was written by a woman in the 50s uh, <laughs> The characters are... The writing is beautiful I wish I could write like that um, There, One of the things I started watching There is a Netflix series uh, With... Um, the same title, the Netflix series is not the book. Understand this. So, if you hear "Haunting of uh, Hill House," um, and you see it, uh, you see the series on Netflix. You're, it's not the same. The series on Netflix actually talks about why or how the house became haunted and what it does to the family that lived in the house before it. So, it's it's not the same thing. Um, for me, the book didn't work. I I wouldn't read it again. I wouldn't exactly recommend it. I just thought it was way too flowery uh, for me for my taste. I, it was it, the scary parts were really scary, but they were too few and far between. The next uh, book that I read was *The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F* by Mark Manson, and yes, the F is actually spelled out in the book. Uh, I bought this one by accident. I actually did read it. I thought it was a comedy, but it actually ended up being a self-help book. Uh, I put it on my shelf for a while and, and didn't read it. I just had no interest in hearing how I needed to improve myself, but I was waiting for a book to come in from Amazon. So I decided, screw it. I'm just going to read it. It was actually excellent. It was a wonderful book. Uh Basically, Manson talks about how people are way too emotional and get upset about the dumbest things. And upset and emotion is a wave. So, for example, if there's a story a long time ago where a guy sits back and he gets his foot, he steps in water. I'm going to have to write about this one day. But he steps in water and he's really angry. And he starts making everybody's lives miserable. And at the very end of this, it's this long series of things he does to make people's lives miserable. He gets home and he kicks the cat and he feels better. He feels bad that he kicked the cat and he was just like, uh, and he suddenly his mood is better. And the question at the end of the story was, why didn't you just go home and kick the cat in the first place? You would have made everyone's lives a lot easier. That's the kind of story this whole thing is. That's what Mark Manson, without actually saying that, is is actually saying. You can ruin basically ruin people's days. It's a great book, and it actually turned out to be really funny because apparently uh, Mark Manson has the um, <laughs> the language of a sailor. He just cusses left and right, <laughs> and some of the stuff he brought up was really funny. You should read this one because. I actually used this this week when Josie and I were in a fight I was wrong I had a bad night and I just I just peed on her and I realized oh god I really just peed on her and I had to apologize and we're, we seem to be okay now the final book that I read was uh, the right side of history by Ben Shapiro <coughs> now I listened to this book on audible and then I bought the book because the one thing with Audible, the reason I like to read, you know, fun things with, uh, or listen to fun things with Audible is because Audible, I can kind of lose track of what's going on. And I did. So I, I decided to buy this book because it's, it, I think it's actually not only a very good book, I think it's actually really an important book. The book is about uh, the two main philosophies of uh, philosophies of political. Uh, the political history of Western civilization, the the merging of Judeo-Christian morality and Greek reason. It discusses how the two philosophies were born and how they actually merged together, and how the Founding Fathers used them to create the Constitution and now, that's the good news. The uh, The bad news is it also discusses the philosophies, the counter-philosophies that go against Judeo-Christian morality and Greek reason to destroy the country or to bring the country, um, suppress those philosophies and essentially destroying Western civilization. The... Uh, An example of a philosophy that just counters Western civilization would be existentialism, which I studied heavily in college because I actually really liked existentialism. Um, Just to give you an example that I know what I'm talking about, existentialism, absurdism, which is Albert Camus, and uh, The Stranger. I'm sure you read that if you're older. You've read that in college or high school. And um, The Theater of the absurd which is uh, basically really killed existentialism. But the thing is, Shapiro thinks we're not completely lost. He thinks we're in trouble, but we're not completely lost. He actually gives us um, five outstanding uh, hints on how to keep Western civilization alive. And what's really hard about this is that it's about the individual that needs to keep Western civilization alive. The group or collective, which basically a lot of the counter-Western civilization philosophies embrace, and those counter existentialism, communism, socialism. The collective can't save Western civilization. It has to be the individual. And the individual has to just do what he does in life to make it work. It's an awesome book. It really sits back and takes 3,000 years of political philosophy and wraps it up into 218 pages. I actually heard of a book that uh, Shapiro recommended. And I, I, I really think reading this book, I know he actually took a lot of his information from the book called The History of Political Philosophy by Leo Strauss and Joseph Cropsey. Uh, That book is 900 pages, but it talks about every philosopher but he took the most important points of that book and just wrapped it up into 218 pages. It's a wonderful book, um, and it's a must-read if you're a conservative or you want to keep the country the way it is, or you just want to learn how the country came about, how we ended up like this. So that's it. Um, I got a feeling next week is going to be really interesting. Uh, Donald Trump has given... uh, Uh, Bar, the um, Justice Bar, Uh, the ability to declassify documents involved in the Russian collusion conspiracy. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, that's it for today. You can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can listen to my podcast on iTunes, YouTube, Podbean, and Podcast Addict. You can monitor and read some of the things I write, because a lot of my show notes are actually from my blog at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Had a lot of fun tonight. Take care. And on Monday, I'll I'll give you a flash podcast about John Wick 3. Take care.